Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, hello, everyone. I am Matt Williamson. And hey, the Steelers win another, right? Nothing to it. Uh, crazy season, crazy team right now. They're finding ways to win. Give them all the credit in the world. Um, this is my, if you're new, welcome. Uh, spread the word. But this is my initial blush uh, podcast here. Haven't watched it a second time, of course. Recording this before the Sunday Nighter. And we'll go through all the stats. And then I have tons of bullet points to discuss as well. But I thought this was a very equal game. Which, all in all, isn't particularly encouraging because I didn't have a lot of respect for the Packers coming in. But I didn't think the Packers played a bad game. And they kind of traded blows. You know, one team gets long touchdown drive. Next team gets a long touchdown drive. One team gets a field goal drive. Next team gets a field goal drive. So, let's go through these stats. They win 23-19. I'm sure you know that part by now. And then take a quick break and I'll come back with some... Other thoughts, and then tomorrow I'll be back to really dig in heavier, you know, deeper stats, snap counts, you know, watched it a second time, all that stuff. So Kenny ends up not throwing any touchdowns, not throwing any picks. That not throwing any picks thing is becoming a little ridiculous in terms of games in his career he throws picks, they lose, even one, often. Games he doesn't, they win often. So, 0-0 zero and zero on that. Although, he don't say he got lucky, but the one that got reversed was a really bad throw and decision on the sidelines in the first half in terms of interceptions. But he ends the day 14 for 23, 126 yards. <laughs> Did he play well? Um, he didn't play poorly. But what's amazing with this guy is... When you watch the game, if you don't pay any attention to the stats, which is hard to do, of course, you know, you're, you're paying attention to how many catches Kent or Pickens has and Deontay, et cetera. And I, yeah, I even watched the game with my son and I asked him about an hour ago, I'm like, how many yards do you think Kenny threw for today? He's like, I, you know, my dad or my son's no dummy, he knows it's a trick question. He goes, I'm sure it's lower than I think. And I'm like, it is. And he still get, says, I'll go 180, but that's pretty low. Yeah, he watched the whole game. It's 126. I mean, 126 yards is nothing. And that's what happens time and time again with this guy. Like, he is horrible for fantasy, <laughs> you know, but he keeps winning games. And we'll get into the some other things with Kenny, but let's just move on here. On the, the flip side, Jalen Love was 21 of 40 for 289, two touches, two picks. Who played better? Probably Love, but we'll get to that too. Jalen, how about the two two running backs here for the Steelers? I mean, that's the story of the offense, obviously. 15 carries for 101. Najee, 16 carries for 82. Big holes, chunk runs, 
consistently able to stick with it. It's a good two-headed backfield. I mean, Najee got free on one, though. And most backs take it to the house, and no way was he taking it to the house. How about the two backs for the Packers? Nine for 70 for Dylan, but that includes a 40-yarder, which, hey, counts all the same. Jones, 13 for 35. I mean, that to me was maybe the biggest key of this game was don't let Aaron Jones control things. And to Green Bay's discredit, they didn't feed him as much as they should have early. But you know, back to Kenny throwing for 126, Pickens leads the team in this game with 45 receiving yards. No one had more than 45 receiving yards on the, on the game, and he scored 23 points in one. Just one sack for each team. We'll address the Steelers side of that. O-line had a very good game. And Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith and Clark is a really good front. Is a good front. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good front. So one sack on, what, 23 dropbacks. You'll take it. We'll get to the other side of it in a minute here, though. First downs for the day. Steelers had 21. Green Bay had 17. This was horrendous, though. On third downs, Green Bay converted half of them. Eight of 16. To Steelers' credit, they forced Green Bay into third down 16 times. I often talk about the denominator being more important than the numerator. But still, they converted on 50% of them. Steelers only converted on only converted four third downs all day. 13 tries. Pretty horrendous there. Steelers ran 60 plays for 325 yards. Green Bay ran 65 plays for 399 yards. Yards per play, Green Bay beat them 6.1 to 5.4. But here's the key. I mean, the time of possession was almost dead even. Steelers barely won. They had about a minute more of possession. They were 30 30 minutes and 33 seconds opposed to 29-23. So here's two keys, though. Green Bay, one for five in the red zone. Not going to get it done. I mean, you got to kick yourself if you're the Packers or commend the Steelers, you know, uh, red zone defense. I mean, obviously, there's a turnover there. The play by Peterson, which was huge, and then picked off by Neal. And I chuckled to myself. I was screaming, Neal, Neal. But he didn't. He took the ball out. Still a humongous game. Um, Two turnovers to zero, too. I mean, that's the fine line the Steeler team lives with. And they got the better of those two situations. One for five in the red zone, two turnovers to zero. Stuff's huge. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then I got a lot of stuff to discuss here. All right, I'm back. So, first off, your Pittsburgh Steelers are 6-3. and three. They're six and three. They've won double the amount of games that they've lost. And here it is, mid-November. Just a fact. Now, I got some bad things here, of course. Really poor pass rush today. I didn't see that coming at all. Now, I prefaced this game by saying 
Green Bay's protection has been quite good this year. And I don't know who their O-line coach is, but they develop linemen well. And they blow very few blocks. And they're well coached in terms of O-line play. But I thought the Steelers' pass rush would rule the day. And in fact, it let you down. Now, this gets exacerbated times a million gajillion because with Minka out, Holcomb out, losing Alexander, horrendous back seven of this defense now. And that's not going to change except for the addition of Minka sooner than later, you hope. Way too many open receivers. Way too many big plays. Longer developing routes, though, where... If you had a pass rush, it would have been slightly more palatable. So you thought your front, you know, basically your front four, would win. And in this circumstance, I can't say I I have a problem with the back seven losing. But the back seven is horrendous. Like, worst in the league now. I mean, that bad. Um, All those big plays allowed. I mean, but the secondary was bad before the injuries. I mean, it was Minka, a really promising porter, and a bunch of kind of jabronis, to be honest with you. I mean, I've, I've said this before. The Trice and Rush don't count because we don't, they're total incompletes. But when you look at next year's defensive backfield, Minka and Porter are the only ones that I'm you know, counting on at all or definitely bringing back. So that was horrible all year. And then you lose your linebackers, of course, which that's just crap happens, you know. Wallace gives up both early touchdowns. I mean, they were picking on Wallace as why wouldn't you? I mean, not only do I think he's not a starting caliber corner, I don't know if Levi Wallace is going to be on an NFL team next year. I mean, like, it's that bad. Um, So these aren't really in any order. They're just bullet points. Zero. I mean... I mean zero middle-of-the-field passing by Pickett. We can blame Canada. <laughs> Canada's done a pretty good job last couple of weeks, by the way. I think this is just who the quarterback is. I don't know if it's fear or what the, the deal is, but he does not throw in the middle of the field. I just pulled up his pass chart. You can find it on NFL.com. Between the hashes, which is a small area, zero attempts. One attempt in between the numbers past the line of scrimmage. One. I mean, it's a hard way to live. And it's a very short, condensed passing game, which I excused when he had brutal ribs. And But that was a long time ago. I'm sure they still hurt. I mean, hey, it's not my ribs. But if you're out there, you have to attack the middle of the field. So over their last two games... The Steelers, Titans, and Packers, which not a murderer's row, but still they've averaged 5.4 yards per play when you combine those two games. It's really good. It's really good. And it stems with their running game. 205 yards on the ground. And you're gonna, I, I know Canada, you're going to kill for the middle of the field passing stuff, but the, Ola, or the, the running game is really gelling. And it's looking a lot like last year's, if not better. Putting Jones at right tackle is a game changer. The O-line as a whole is now a plus unit in the run game. The guards are good. The scheme is good. 
a lot of pulling, as I've talked about a lot, a lot of getting linemen in space, especially Jones and the guards, because they're athletes. They're not liabilities. Jones is a dude. Two RBs deserve their amount of credit, too. Jalen Warren is really hard to tackle. He, you know, he gets small. He runs with a great aggression. Harris is an odd runner. I mean, <laughs> but he's effective and he's very different than Warren. I don't know if it's good or bad, but all the hand fighting Harris does. I mean, he he's like boxing out there with his hands and pushing people and jumping over them. And it's just an odd style, but he's no fun to tackle either. Kenny actually scrambled in a key situation to help the run game and to move the chains. He's done that so little this year. It makes no sense to me. But Harrison Warren combined for 183 rushing yards and both scored. That's the formula. That's the formula. Over their first two drives, Steelers' first two drives, we all know about the slow start. And it's funny because Green Bay was the most, the slowest starting team in the league and even worse than the Steelers coming into us, but that's not how this game went. But over the course of the Steelers' first two drives, they ran 20 plays and scored two touchdowns. First two drives coming out of the bat, 20 total plays, 14 points. Mentioned the red zone, mentioned the turnovers before in the first half of this podcast. Steeler red zone turnovers created. They continue. Again, hard way to live. Maybe Austin is doing a tremendous job of scheming things up in the red zone and and throwing curveballs and being very unpredictable with his coverages. But they continue to get red zone turnovers created by the defense. And a heck of a play by Patrick Peterson on that. No doubt. So I mentioned the Dylan 40-yard run. And that exists. I'm not a big fan of if we take this run out, then blah, 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 blah. Or, but I think it is kind of telling. He had a 40-yard run, but other than that play, he and Jones combined for 65 yards on 21 carries. Like their running success rate was horrible. Green Bay's. Steelers D was great. You know, in terms of just consistently getting yardage the Steelers was the opposite it was there I'm sure the Steelers rushing success rate was through the roof when they handed the ball off it was a successful play when Green Bay did it rarely was one big play other than that 21 carries for 61 yards so as awful as the secondary is and was good game by Peterson I mean he makes a tremendous play on Watson in the end zone Blocks an extra point, which was important. I didn't, again, first blush, did not see him picked on. I think they had other, many other fish to fry, especially Wallace. But Peterson might be eh, turning a corner, bright spot. That seems weird for someone his age, but might be feasible, maybe. Strong game by Benton as well. And, oh, I also wanted to throw out there the rookie's rookie buddy here, Washington, when I was talking about the run game. You put Washington next to Jones, those pair of rookie Bulldogs, they move bodies, man. Especially Jones, but I mean, one's a tight end. But Benton is very promising here. I know that they didn't generate you know, a lot of pressure, a lot of sacks, but he shows up play and play again. He is a handful. 
He's good against the run. I think he's going to be a very good player. A couple other things here. What was going on? You probably don't know this, and I didn't mention it last week, but their return man, Green Bay's Nixon, is basically the best and most dangerous in the league. Why on earth were they kicking to him time and time again when in today's league you can just boom it out of the end zone and avoid great returners? I mean, he almost maybe won the game for you. You got fortunate he didn't, and they were consistently kicking it high and inside the five, which a lot of times I'm fine with because that's a hard thing to deal with. You could start people back in their own end, but not against the best returner you're going to see. I mean, that's a dangerous dude. I don't understand that. Um, Alexander, unfortunately, is out for the year. The Achilles. Back seven is a disaster. I just want to throw this out there. I don't know that it's the right answer. But would you consider repping Herbig at inside linebacker off the ball? I mean, as a draft prospect, people thought of him as a Timmons, Chad Brown. Is he an edge? Is he an off the ball guy? He's done some of it, but he's definitely much better off the edge. He's done none of the the off-the-ball stuff in a sealer uniform in any practice that I've seen. But desperate times, and he's a good football player. I don't know. I don't know what else he do there. I mean, Mark Robinson's obviously going to get a boost, but that scares the heck out of me. Now, a couple other things. Um, Again, this team is 6-3. and They're 13-5 and in their last 18 games. I don't want to hear about soft schedule at the end of last year or barely beating Green Bay or Tennessee or bad teams. That's 18 games. I mean, that's more than an NFL season, and they've won 13 of them. And these are just the facts. <laughs> I don't care who it is in this league. You win 13 out of 18, that's Chiefs-like stuff. Are they as good as the Chiefs? No. That's all I'm saying. But these are facts. Okay, last thing, the division. Huge loss by the Bengals. So if you remember last week, the Bengals and Bills played. Giant game. Everyone looked at these teams like they could be in the AFC Championship, and they can. They're, they're both very, very good, especially Cincinnati. But that loss by the Bills was the biggest playoff implication loss in the entire NFL last week. And the reason is the Bills had four losses and a lot of AFC losses. Well, the same is true for the Bengals. The Bengals just lost to Houston, which is another AFC game. So they have they're five and four now, you know, and it's easy to look at the Bengals and say, well, they're the best team in the division, and they might be. But they dug themselves quite the hole when Burrow was injured. And they're five and four, which isn't good. Obviously, it's a worst record in the division. And all four of those losses are conference losses. So that's your first tiebreaker for wild cards. I mean, is your conference record. Well, head to head if you're against one team. Conference losses are brutal. I mean, frankly, I know the Steelers weren't a great team last year, but if they would have one fewer conference loss, they would have went to the playoffs. So four conference losses already for Cincinnati at five and four is really hard to overcome. Now the Browns beat the Ravens. I don't know if we I don't think we talked about this much last week, but I want I thought the Steelers wanted the Ravens to win. Basically saying, okay, we concede that we can't win the win the division. The Ravens are out of reach. 
But if the Browns lose, maybe they go away. It's one less team to compete with. Well, that's not what happened. And the Browns are now six and three. Steelers play them next week. Ravens are now seven and three. Bengals are now five and four, as mentioned. Steelers are six and three. But here's the last part of it is within the division, which I'm not suggesting Steelers can win the division, but the Bengals are 0-2 in the division. Steelers are 2-0 in the division. And the other two teams are 2-2. So doesn't matter necessarily what's on the field and who's better, Cincinnati, Baltimore, or the Steelers. I think the Steelers are third on that list. But they're in a really good situation with conference record compared to the division, as well as especially division record. That Bengals loss is huge for them. So that's all I got for now. We'll come back more, much more um, recapping game stuff tomorrow. Over and out. Take care.